When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi, everyone. This is Andrew. We recorded this before Aaron Hicks homer on Tuesday night to help the Yankees to a 4 nothing shutout victory. The points still stand, though, but we're glad to see the positive developments from Hicks. All right, on with the show. Podcast. I'm Andrew Burns, joined as always by Kunj. How you doing? I'm doing well. Well, I'm doing okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, as we record this, we, we are getting this in before the Yankees-Blue Jays game on Tuesday night, so we're not going to have the results of that. But as we record this, the Yankees have exactly a 500 record, two and two. So, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, sounds about right. Mm-hmm. It's annoying because like the first two games were a lot of fun and then the last two games were not. So it, was, it wasn't like even or balanced. It was just like, we all. Yeah. It turns out wins are more fun than losses. We have yes, decided yes. this definitively. <laughs> yes. I have uh, done the science. I've done the math. I've carried the two uh, wins better than losses. Can confirm. Yeah. I think it would be less annoying if it wasn't the order of how it went. And just how meager the Yankees offense looked the last two games against the Red Sox and Blue Jays, especially getting shut out by the Blue Jays on four hits. That was not what you want, as old pal Joe Girardi would say. Yeah, no. Last two games, the uh, Sunday night and Monday game, just very, very much 2021 vibes, which, as we recall, 2021 was not a fun season, even though the Yankees, you know, did well, I guess they won 90 games, but man, those were annoying wins and losses and everything. Yeah. And it's very much brings to the fold. What was wrong with the 2021 team offense and what happened? Well, they didn't really do much to address that. And it doesn't help that like the last few years, like in addition to the Rays, I personally just found the Blue Jays to be like annoying and pesky as well. 
Yeah. So, and then the Red Sox are just always annoying just because of how long those games take. So starting the season with a three-game set versus the Red Sox and then a four-game set, even though we've only seen one of the games so far against the Blue Jays, it's just – it's exhausting. <laughs> yeah. It's um, not how it would have originally been. You know, the original opening day schedule would have had the Yankees, I believe, in Texas against the Rangers for a few games. And that probably would have been a little bit nicer. I mean, maybe Corey Seager would have homered against them, but, you know, whatever. But instead – the Yankees had to open against the Red Sox, and to their credit, they did win two out of three, so they did not embarrass themselves to start the season. But then they had to deal with probably the American League East favorite and arguably the American League favorite, period. So right. Blue Jays, still good at baseball, regrettably. Yeah. I guess we did avoid some annoying or thousands of annoying headlines about Corey Seager home- homering while Falafel just, like, drops the ball at, at, <laughs> in the infield So. <laughs> Yeah, but it would have been more fun to just play the Rangers anyway. Oh, 100%. 100%. (laughs) Yeah. And it's it's also very frustrating because you see, actually, the the Blue Jays played the Rangers in their first series, and the Rangers just ran roughshod all over the Blue Jays pitching. Granted, this is not a one-to-one comparison because Alec Manoa did not start any of those games, and Manoa started the game against the Yankees and just shoved. So they were already behind the eight ball there. But the Blue Jays bullpen still did its job too. So whatever. Yeah. Just but. again, just overall annoying, annoying vibes to record on. Again, feeling like 2021, where it's like, oh, good vibes to end the week. And then like Sunday, Monday would hit and it's like, oh, well, never mind. Uh, well, <laughs> what a bummer. Hey, maybe this happened a couple times last year too, where after we recorded, the Yankees did play a good game and they ended up winning. So we just ended up being like the, uh, the droopy dogs and Eeyores the day after. So. Yes. so so, what you're saying is I need to talk bad about Aaron Judge. Yeah, clearly. Hey, <laughs> this is my mission. <laughs> he's washed up. He's done. He's done. He's yeah. just chasing that money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I guess, yeah, something else that happened. We did our season preview podcast, and then uh, it was either the, de- de- the next day or the day after that came news of the Aaron Judd extension that was turned down. And as I said in our sort of postscript at the end of that show, our reaction was pretty much going to be, well, Yankees could have made it better. And, you know, I will say that they at least made a presentable offer. This was better than, say, the offer that they gave Robinson Cano uh, in free agency back in 2013 before he went to Seattle on a much better contract for them. So at least at least a presentable offer, but they still didn't really do enough to keep Judge. And maybe these conversations have been happening years ago anyway. Right. And that's the whole thing, right? It's it's yeah, I was I was quote unquote impressed and only impressed because like the Yankees don't have a good history of this in recent years. But like they right. actually made a, a what you like you said, a respectable offer, like a good starting point. Um, they had to know that that probably wasn't going to get it done, but I don't think it's if like, let's just say they ended up settling on that. I don't think it would be unreasonable for both teams either. Like it was like that decent of a offer. No, but uh, this, it definitely would not be a contract that like um, the very labor focused parts of baseball Twitter would like critique to the end. Like they would right. be, Aaron judge would still be making like over $200 million. And yeah. like, yeah, that makes sense. But and the reason, and just the whole process of it is what is getting to me. Like, obviously we don't know how much back and forth there was leading up to the Brian Cashman announcement like hours before opening day, which was yeah something in and of itself for lack of a better term. But it, it's just like, we, we heard for two weeks, Oh, the Yankees are preparing an offer. The Yankees were going to make an offer within a week. And then it's just like, Oh, the day before this comes out, like, yeah, there might've been some conversations back and forth, but the Yankee strategy in recent years has been not negotiating, just 
here's the offer, take it or leave it. And I have no reason to believe that they did anything else this time, which was like, wait till the very last minute, present an offer that, again, respectable. And the only reason we know these details is because Brian Cashman announced what they offered to him, which yeah, is weird. problematic in and of, again, in and of itself. And then they were just, they probably figured Judge wasn't going to take it. And then they can come out and say, hey, we tried. He's the villain. He's greedy, blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, shut up. Yeah, it's like, I understand that, yes, the terms are probably going to come out anyway at some point, but that doesn't mean you have to give it helium, you know? Because no. even if you hear terms, that's probably what was offered, but you still don't know like 100% until someone confirms it. And then just for them to go like, oh, no, this is just what we offered. And um, I mean, granted, I did read an interview. They did talk to Judge's camp before and said that like, we are going to be announcing this offer. So it's not as though Judge was caught blindsided, but like, no, it's, it's still it's still very weird. Like, I'm sure, I'm sure that's, I, I believe that, and I, I do think they still want to keep him and will probably make yeah. an honest effort at the end of the season. Like, I do think that this will probably work itself out because obviously Judge also has expressed many times how he wants to stay here long term and, you know, finish his career here and so on and so forth. But still, you know what exactly what their motive was by announcing those details and all that. So it, it's like, okay, cool. You told Judge that you're going to do it, but it's still not a good look. Yeah, yeah. Because everyone knows the contract that Judge turned down now, and if he signs somewhere else in the offseason, you know, they're going to be like, oh, well, he could have stayed in New York for a lot of money, but he's just choosing not to. And, well, that's just not how it goes. So No. It's like, and to bring up Robinson Cano again, everyone's like, oh, but his AAV was hired with the Yankees offers. Like, yeah, but it was also $65 million less. Yeah. Either AAV way. It doesn't matter to anybody, guys. I'm just going to tell you this right now. It's nice to be like, oh, I get highest paid on an annual basis, but you're, every, every player is going to look for the longer security, the longer, the, the better money, if all else is equal. And uh, yeah. 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 But either way, like, we'll see what happens at the end of the season. We'll enjoy Judge while we can. And until then, whatever. This is pretty predictable for a while now, as you said, for anyone who's followed the yeah. Yankees. So. I'm- the one last note I will say is I'm just happy that we also got wind that Devers and uh, Bogart in uh, Boston weren't able to come to the extension. So it wasn't like we were, we had to hear like, oh, look, we got our guy signed nonsense. So that was just nice. And yeah. also hopefully they both leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Devers we are stuck with till next year as well because he's not a free agent until after 2023. But hey, maybe they'll just opt out. I think after this year, yeah, I thought. The, the Bogarts has an opt out. Bogarts has opt out. Yeah. I knew one of them had an opt out. <laughs> yeah, because Bogarts did have an extension that he signed a couple of years ago, but he did he did right. have an opt out built in there. Devers is just like on the judge path toward free agency. But Fair. hey, maybe they'll decide like with Mookie. We don't want you. Let's just trade you and then let someone else extend you. That would be nice, yeah. wouldn't it? It would be lovely. Yeah. Still, my favorite thing they did was trade Mookie Betts because he was the one player who somehow even was likable in the Red Sox uniform. Mm-hmm. And I just had very conflicting thoughts and now I don't have to. And I just love Mookie Betts. So it was just nice. Yeah. So. Anyway, back to the Yankees. <laughs> yeah. We will say, hey, Judge, you know, he did not do much hitting this past weekend. He still has yet to homer. He'll he'll probably get there. He might even get there tonight. Who knows? Because he is facing a lefty. You say Kikuchi. Mm. I feel like he could take him deep, but we'll see. Really, the only people who have been hitting so far are Rizzo and Giancarlo. Yeah. Rizzo and Giancarlo were up until Sunday on pace for 162 home runs. I know, they blew it. <laughs> Good for nothing. No, yeah, it, it's nice to see, obviously, 
Giancarlo hating the Red Sox as much as we do and just dis- deciding to destroy them. That's become his personal mission. So that's just fun to see carried over from, you know, last year and, and such. But obviously, Anthony Rizzo, seeing him get off to a good start is, you know, a welcome sight because he was probably at least mine. And I would, I think I can assume your third choice for <laughs> primary first baseman in 2022 for the Yankees. Yeah, that's Some- high up. <laughs> Yeah, some some one one or two could be interchanged between Freddie Freeman and Matt Olson uh, in whatever order, at least for me. But they were higher up than uh, Anthony Rizzo. But seeing him come out swinging has been nice. Um, I think he's the team leader in OPS right now, which is something for four Very games, meaningful. I guess. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's obviously we knew he was going to be fine. We I figured like, you know, we figured he wasn't going to be bad offensively. It was just going to be fine. But hey, if he can kind of do what he's been doing and do, be a little bit better than fine. I won't say no. Yeah. And Hey, he got a home run. His first at bat of the season. That's always fun to see whoever does that. And big parts of those wins over the Red Sox, him and yeah. Giancarlo just didn't master monster dingers. So yeah. We'll take and that. That, fir- that first home run was actually especially important too. Cause um, that was after the Yankees were already down three, nothing after Garrett Cole had a bad first inning and opening day because of Billy Crystal, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Hey, he just hates monsters. Inc. <laughs> Garrett Cole, not a fan of Billy Crystal's cameo in that episode of friends one time. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you. <laughs> He's steaming mad about the, how Billy Crystal did the 61 movie or whatever. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, after the game that like, Gary Cole came out, and just for anybody who doesn't know, after the game, Gary Cole came out and was like, oh, the, the opening pitch ceremonial delay was a challenge and all this. And like, shut up. Yeah, it was like four minutes. I mean, and, <laughs> and we know that pitchers are creatures of habit. We know that like Mike Messina, Clayton Kershaw, there's a long list of pitchers who are super attentive to detail about what exactly they're doing all these warm-ups and taking the mounds and all the stuff but come on that's not a good reason to come out throwing blanks yeah, yeah it's not like oh you you missed like your pre-game meal or something like that it was like a four minute delay i'm like i'm sorry like haven't you sat in between long innings when the offense is just scoring and so like that's not all timed out like and for everyone shut up is going to be a common theme for me today but just shut up. Yeah. <laughs> I still love you, Gary. I still love you a lot. Yeah. And you know, to his credit, he did rebound after that and pitch better no, yeah. in the final few innings. And he wasn't going to last long anyway. And none of these starters are right now because they're still stretching out because of the short spring training. So we'll get there. But bullpens yeah. had to have a lot of work and they've been pretty good. Yeah, especially on Saturday. Saturday's bullpen was phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. It was just like one awesome reliever after another taking care of business. And hey, let's yeah. give a Give a shout out to uh, the rookie Ron Marinaccio, who has uh, made his major league debut, walked like, through like six straight balls, and then calmed down and has been good in his two games. Yeah. In his uh, two and a third inning pitched, he's has that one walk. But besides that, zero hits, zero, zero runs, and I think three strikeouts. Like, good for you. Did you know he's from Tom's River, which is where Todd Frazier is from, who won the Little League World Series and took a picture with Derek Jeter? Wow. Yeah. We can bring it full circle. Yeah. Back to Todd Frazier, who also yes. retired uh, this past week, I think. So we have one Tom's River person leaving and one coming back in. Always to the RAR, a master yes. and an apprentice. <laughs> Except uh, I do Tom's not think River. that I do not think that uh, Todd Frazier is going to fall down a shaft or whatever. Have a dark or ball. that, or that him and Ram Mar- Marinaccio have ever actually met. No, maybe not. Probably not. But yeah, no, I mean, the pitching, like like we said, we talked about 
Gary Cole rebounded from that. And the pitching overall has been solid to very good, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Saturday, like I, t- I talked about, it was six innings of uh, no hits, no runs. There was like three walks allowed, like one walk by each of three relievers or whatever. But still, it was just lights out, shut down bullpen, which was just nice to see. The bullpen was never really going to be an area of concern. And it's weird because like it's not like the bullpen we bullpens we've been used to in the past like few years with like these big names like Andrew Miller or all the, obviously our oldest Chapman's still there, but Andrew Miller, Dylan Batanza, Zach Britton, all that. They're doing it with like just guys. <laughs> and of course, my favorite stay-at-home dad, Lucas Licky. Well, hey, Lucas Licky still there. You know, I will say that they have they do have some pretty good names out there too. It's just like you don't oh, really yeah, have, yeah. I, not to take away from anything like that. <laughs> yeah. Clay Holmes, still very good after showing his uh, potential down the stretch last year. Chad Green, still around. Yeah. Loisega, still Loisega. It was nice to see uh, Luis Severino's first start in, what was it, almost three years? Yeah, that was, uh, that, I can't imagine the emotions that he must have been feeling yeah. out of there, just because, it there it is even though he did make his little brief comeback at the end of last year, there's a huge difference between starting ball games and coming in from the bullpen, and he knows it. And he got to, he got to hear from the XCM crowd a little bit. Yeah, and I just will take any exciting, fun, electric Luis Severino moments at any opportunity. So I'm okay that he came back as a reliever last year and, he got, and we got to see his first start so we could talk about him more. But, man, he looked good. Yeah, Jamison Tyone also looked pretty good. I know he lost yeah. technically, but it's hard it's to win fault. when your team does not score runs for you. Yeah. And the, the only runs he gave up were a George Springer two-run home run. He made a bad pitch. George Springer hit it out. That will happen. It's whatever. And, but he looked pretty crackling, honestly, for most of the game. Yeah, no, it was, it was definitely an impressive outing for him. Um, obviously, there was a lot of question marks between like just his inconsistent year last year. And then he had uh, the injury and surgery over the offseason. So there was questions of whether or not he'd even be ready for opening day. And for him to come out and have that start is, again, you take that seven days a week mm-hmm. <laughs> or one out of every five days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just need, again, more people in their lineup to actually do something. And we should yeah. get into that a little bit more. Aaron Hicks has looked bad. And I know he always has bad Aprils, but he just not what he needs to do after basically missing the vast majority of 2021. And however, with a bunch of fans against him, Glaber has not really done much. He did have a double yesterday. That was nice. Uh, DJ LeMahieu hit one home run, and that has been the end of his production since then. <laughs> He did one whole thing. (laughs) Hey, it was good to see him hit a home run, but, you know, we got to get more than one hit in four games. Thank you very much. And uh, unfortunately for Kyle Higashioka, uh, (laughs) he turned into a pumpkin the moment spring, the moment uh, games actually started meaning something. So who was surprised? Yeah. Again, I still stand by my question, which is, will he even hit seven home runs during the whole year? I don't know. Well, Yankees catchers combine for seven home runs the whole year. Hmm. Also a good question. (laughs) Maybe if they randomly go out and acquire Sean Murphy like I wanted them to do. Who said that? Sean Murphy in the thick butt. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Thick Butt Sean Murphy. (laughs) But yeah, no. Obviously, we know the the lineup was going to be full of problems, for lack of a better term, because of how they chose to go about with upgrading and roster construction this season. We know it was really going to depend on the one through six guys. The bottom third of the lineup was just always going to be not fun to watch, but it's been rough to just see nothing. <laughs> Obviously, even Marvin Gonzalez, who like had a good spring, like he's, he didn't look great in his, what, I think two or three at-bats that he's had so far. I'm not going to give him too much crap because, again, two or three at-bats, sounding yeah. like he's done much but yeah it's just 
you want to see a little bit more Isaiah kind of falafel how do you say kind of <laughs> kind of falafel I wanted to say falafel sorry Isaiah Isaiah kind of falafel me I'm gonna call him falafel I'm gonna call him falafel I can't say it <laughs> the shortstop that the Yankees brought on <laughs> We knew he was going to, you know, have not a great bat, and but he was still supposed to provide solid glove. That hasn't really shown up in the first four games, which it's like, dude, what are you doing here? Four this might games. just be yips early on, yeah. getting used to it. And I guess I know that is like a mental adjustment too, but... Oh, absolutely. You, and I think he'll get it resolved sooner rather than later. Jesse had a good article that came out today about it. So we'll see. I, d- I think he'll figure out his defense. The question is just going to be that offense he's got like a couple hits or no, excuse me, just the one hit, the double, but uh, that's it. And yeah. 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 So hopefully we see a little bit more, just a little bit of life in the bat and then the glove kind of just returned to form. Cause like, I mean, we know he can do it cause we've seen like his de- defensive plays and from past highlights from when he was with Texas and stuff. So he's not like the best shortstop in the league defensively by any means, but he's still, you know, very, very solid. So I think that'll come around. Like you said, just probably just needs to kind of ease into it. I still think honestly, like I've been having this mental debate with myself, whether like, I understand that it was like a, great shortstop market and all that and they should have upgraded better like to get better defensively and offensively and they just chose defense is center field the area where they messed up the most has been my question that's been going on in my head for like not just the past four games but like a couple weeks now and Aaron Hicks like you said has done nothing to kind of ease those concerns in my head yeah he has just a ton to prove and center field plans really just revolve around Hicks so much in 2022 because they don't want to play a judge and center out there every day and they don't think the Castro is really a regular option and right now he's in Scranton anyway so they need Aaron Hicks to do something out there and honestly he's not the defensive center fielder that he once was that hurts we see even like his arm which used to be like the best part of his game has like faded with uh all the all the surgeries he's had to had over the years yep. so it's just tough to watch him and i know that like technically he hasn't been like terrible at that you don't have a lot of confidence in him right now and that's the, no. the thing that is the most unfortunate just because he is such a good player to watch when he's actually in his prime and on top of his game but it's been a while at this point that haven't seen him there and just to kind of reiterate the point about his defense like kind of like declining or whatever is tonight's lineup like Tuesday lineup has judge in center and Hicks and left giving Gallo a day off which is like if, again like you you would think if you know his defense was still up there that they probably wouldn't do that but it's not something that you know it's just a talking point in the sense of like all right his bat hasn't really been present and now his defense is declining And they really did nothing there. Like, obviously, I've gone on about what I feel about what they've done with catcher and shortstop. But you can still at least squint and see, like, all right, they're focusing on the defense and doing something here at least. But they just did nothing to address center field, which is honestly, like, just appalling. (laughs) Yeah, really. This is going to be something that we're going to be monitoring all year long. And I think also, just to get back to the offense, the problem with Higgy and IKF it's frustrating to not see them get hits, but it's also not surprising. They're not the dudes who are going to be counted on this lineup for right. prime production. So if the guys in the lineup who are actually hitting your Glabers, your DJs, your your Hicks, uh, even if Gallows hit the ball hard, hasn't really registered to a lot of good contact yet. If you can do a little bit more, then you can sort of paper over all that. But so far, that hasn't happened yet. The offense has just been Rizzo and Stanton and... That leads to a podcast like this one, which is, you know. Yeah. Eh. And the only person who, like, 
I feel confident in saying like, oh, this this guy will come around as Aaron Judge. Yeah, right. He he's the only one where you're like you're not concerned about like, all right, whatever. Obviously, he hasn't dangered yet, but okay, he's still going to hit 74 this year. Not a big deal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a you're a wild prediction as always. Somebody might do it one day. Why not Aaron Judge this year? Yeah. But again, like I can be reasonably hopeful that DJ and Glaber and even Gallo, maybe for some reason, I just have less confidence in Gallo. I think he'll crank out a couple home runs here and there, but it's, it's, that's another one where it's hard for me to have a lot of confidence in him when he's up at bat. Yeah. And again, Gallo, I think we, uh, we've, or somebody has talked about it in our, uh, uh, Pinstripe Alley Slack is that Gallo is not like a person who you want to necessarily build a team around, but he's like a good complimentary piece to have on the on a team where like, you know, he could be like, he's like the perfect six man in the order where he's just going to be there and hopefully drive in some runs and, you know, do his thing and play very good defense in the outfield. So whatever, I think he'll end up giving us that, which is fine, but we need just more from like some of these other guys, like, like you said, DJ and Glaber to kind of step up and then they can kind of mask the, the whole bottom third of the order. Yeah. Fingers crossed they figure something out tonight against the Blue Jays and get that rolling for the rest of this series because uh, I like it when the offense scores runs. It's uh, <laughs> it's good baseball, have you, IMO. Have you, have you done the science and the math on this? Is scoring runs good? Yeah, I've crunched the numbers. I've, uh, I've talked to A-Rod. He says as long as they're like even leads, they're good, I think. Was that oh, it? Okay. And not, not, not via home runs? Alex yeah. Rodriguez does not like home runs, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was right. He, A-Rod likes even leads a lot, but yes, that's a thing. He also loves bunting. So, you know, maybe this yeah. isn't a team for him. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's not go down the A-Rod rabbit hole. Cause that's its own, uh, that's its own adventure. I do have one quick comment about the K-Rod stat cast. Mm-hmm. And that is why. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm done. I'm done. I don't know who that's for. <laughs> don't know who that's for. Like, I honestly think it's just for Michael K. Because like yeah. one of the, like I think he's a he's not the worst play by play guy in the league, but he's not the best, obviously, either. And one of the biggest complaints about him as like the the you know, yes, play by play guy, the main Yankees main play by play guy is that he often turns his games into his own talk show. Yeah. And so I think this is just what he got. He officially got his own talk show with baseball going on. Good for him. And congrats, <laughs> Michael K. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, Matt F has basically said, like, yeah, it, A-Rod likes to play for basically the fans that will never actually like him. So, you know. Yeah, which, again, I don't get either, but. Yeah. All right. Anyway. All right. Should we uh, pivot to upcoming games or what do you want to go to now? Um, or should we, should we, we yell at Cashman a little bit? Yeah, I was going to say, let's yell at Cashman a little bit because I yeah. feel like that was important. Yeah, we won't we won't repeat too much of what we just said with the, the judge stuff, but Hey, he's had his own other dumb comments aside from yes. judge. <laughs> right. Congratulations, Brian Cashman. You are dumb again. And I would like to award you with shut up, my dude. <laughs> it's well-earned because you went on WFAN talked about Yankees free agent pursuits and said that they did not make a single offer to Carlos Correa or Freddie Freeman, which is just like, cool, man. Why? Yeah. But, they kept in contact with them, whatever the hell that means. Yeah, we we what we checked out their LinkedIn, you know, made sure <laughs> see if there did any updates. I, I asked Freddie how his day was going. <laughs> I, I, I asked Carlo what his favorite episode of New Girl was. I mean, what else do you want from me? Yeah, yeah and then then he goes on to talk about how Hal and the Steinbrenner family has done nothing but step up and blah 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 blah. And then I don't know, man. Like, just shut up. 
Yeah. If, for those wondering, this is how like he keeps his job, by the way, you know, they, oh, have, absolutely. A, they have a great relationship. I don't see that ending until basically Cashman wants to stop doing it. So, right. And I'm not, I'm not even saying that Cashman should like go out the door, right. Those very moments or anything like that too, because like, I feel like the Yankees could do a lot worse. They could probably do better, but like, I don't know. I'll be honest. I'm inching towards that door. Like I just, I think Brian Cashman's a good GM. I don't think he's a good GM paired with Hal Steinbrenner as an owner. Yeah. Like, and we talked a lot about it last year too, but resource allocation and just roster construction. It's like, it's hard. Like I do call Hal cheap, but it's hard for me to kind of just call him like completely cheap because yeah, he does spend money. It's just not, you know, good compared to what his revenue and all that is. So like, but like he does still spend money. It's still up to Brian Cashman to like know what he has to spend and how he's going to build the team accordingly. Like, like I think they're both equally at fault. Hal probably a yeah. little bit more, but again, yeah, yeah they could hundred percent do a lot worse. So that's why I'm not like go rah 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 fire Cashman. But I just don't think it's a good pairing for Brian Cashman to be with this owner. I yeah, think okay. with another owner, I don't know who that owner would be, and I don't care to speculate on that. He would he'd do very well, like he did in the past for the Yankees, but. Just with how Steinbrenner's vision is and what he wants to do, he has his number that he's not going to spend more than this. Then he needs a GM who's going to kind of come in and, you know, just properly allocate the resources towards building a better team and not just having like IKF and Kyle Higashioka and Aaron Hicks as your everyday starters. No, yeah, his weaknesses have sort of been highlighted a bit more in recent years than in the ones past where the core was built up, but now we've seen what has happened with that core. There was just not a lot of progress made with like Gary Sanchez, with Glaber Torres and, and how they've aged. And, you know, part of that's on the player, but part of it is on the development staff too. And part of mm-hmm. and it's, it's very just frustrating to say, but we have many well, more days to see how the 22 season will play out. <laughs> Thankfully. Congratulations. Yes. And, you know, we'll have, the, the games against, we'll have the games against Toronto. And then, you know, maybe they'll restore their soul a little bit by playing the Orioles in Baltimore. Or maybe they will just embarrass themselves again like they did several times last year. Hey, the Orioles have new anti-Yankee dimensions. So I don't know if those will help the Orioles or if just the Yankees inconsistency will help the Orioles. But I'm just, it's hard to, for me to get excited about a, uh, a series against the Orioles because it's either the Yankees just like destroy them, which they should do, or they're just going to be annoying and not win as many games as they should. And that's going to be even worse. Yeah. And it's just, eh, okay, whatever. Yeah. And there were just so many instances last year where they could have really made like a definitive statement against the Orioles by just thoroughly pantsing them and they just didn't. And that was probably the difference in not hosting the wild card game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they win and, just one more, and then, and then one more of those Carlo games three against the runs. Orioles. And then that game's at Yankee Stadium, and Giancarlo Stanton, the long fly balls go out, but whatever. Yay. Yeah. 11 and 8 last year against the Orioles, which yeah. is fine if you're 11 and 8 against, you know, the Blue Jays or Rays or Red Sox, but you got to do better than 11 and 8 against the Orioles. Every other oh, team absolutely. in the division played them much better. Yeah, especially the Rays, who just, like, walked all over yeah. them. They did a 2019 Yankees on them, basically. Yeah, and that was fun. I enjoyed that. Also, the 2019 Yankees uh, won the division, and we're two games shy of the World Series. So, you know, maybe do that. <laughs> yeah, do, do, just do something, please. Yeah. But then, then after that, they go to Detroit. So it's, you know, after the Toronto Series, they'll have their first road trip, like you said, Baltimore and then Detroit. And um, let's see what happens. 
Yeah, we get to see Spencer Torkelson in the flesh. Yes. He of getting handed a glove by Miguel Cabrera, yes. which I know I talked about last time too, but it was still just one story. And of Guy Fieri friend fame. That I forgot about until you said it again. <laughs> it's, it's the most essential Spencer Torkelson fun fact. Yes, that's your Spencer Torkelson fun fact. And my favorite random fact is Louis yeah. Litke is a stay-at-home dad. <laughs> also, they have Javi Baez now, and uh, that'll, be, that'll be a challenge. <laughs> yeah. Another shortstop a, the Yankees could have signed, but did not. <laughs> I know there's a lot of talk about uh, Correa possibly signing there because of Hinch and all that, and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but at least they went and did something, and they got Javi Baez. That's yep. still good. They also got yeah. uh, Eduardo Rodriguez from the Red Sox. So they're a, they're a better team. I don't know if they're a playoff team yet, but they're, um, they're definitely on. a team that could surprise and win a wild card spot or maybe even win the Central if like the White Sox take a step back without Lance Lynn for, most, yeah. for a good chunk of the first half of the season. That's true. Plus, there's like 75 playoff teams per, uh, per league now. So yeah. I think that they might get in. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> oh, Great. boy. Speaking, uh, I guess, uh, do we have anything else or should we get to the end, our, the end of our pod? I think uh, I think that's it. That's been an up and down week. Uh, hopefully we have a better week and a better, happier podcast for you guys next week. Yeah, we were really hopeful after like the Donaldson walk-off on opening day, which I guess is the first time I'm even saying those words on this podcast. But oh, yeah, that happened. That was really fun. That was exciting. Glad that happened. Uh, that's uh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Could use a little bit more. Could use a for, could use seeing a dinger from Donaldson too. It's he's been he's made some good plays at third base, but he has hasn't get the, hasn't gotten the back going yet. Maybe that'll happen in this Blue Jays series where he's like, uh, my old team. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, and uh, just while we're here before we go on, apparently Garrett Cole has uh, come out and said that he's going to use the pitchcom technology again, which like where Higashioka can just press to like signal signs instead of actually putting down fingers. But he did mention that he had trouble hearing signs because of Yankee Stadium's two strike siren the Star Wars Imperial alert. And again, my guy, just shut up. I love you, but shut up. Oh, man. Yeah, I will say that I could do without that too. I'm I'm getting kind of tired of it. It was fun for like the first year, I guess maybe, but now it's just like, "Mm, do we need it? (laughs) No, Yeah, that's fine to complain about it then, but it seems like he's just like prepping for like, oh, if I have another bad ending, I can blame it on that. Or that's what I'm blaming the sign of plus Billy Crystal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think if they had any sense of humor, they would have uh, Billy Crystal doing the voice for the Star Wars voice. Yes. Next time. Or just record Billy Crystal's voice into the, the, the piece. So then whenever Higgy calls for whatever pitch he calls for, that's just the sound. Yeah. Throw a, a fastball here, Garrett. I don't know why that was my Billy Crystal voice. But... If, again, if the Yankees had any sense of humor, that would at least be like, you know, the skits that they do before the season starts during spring. That would at least be one of them. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe they'll do that next year. Maybe they, they need to uh, win the World Series for him to get a sense of humor about it. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Shall we move on to the end? Yep. All right. So we are doing a programming change, which is honestly overdue we probably should have done this a while ago because uh sergio mitre is an absolutely disgusting human being and should not really be compared to anyone in like this even like in a goofy who's listening podcast setting so we are no longer going to be doing quote the mitre of the week we are you know absolving that because he should be sent to a different realm of hell or whatever so we are going to just change this to another despicable figure but despicable for mainly just baseball reasons so it's the now yankee and manfred of the week 
Yeah, just Amitri, <laughs> that guy. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> you're gonna have to edit that, but <laughs> he deserves it. And yeah, yeah it. It honestly was, I think, a much needed change on our part, and um, better now than never. <laughs> yeah, and it, we can still, we can still the the car horn, the Manfred of the week, because he too yeah, is a clown. Still works. Yeah, <laughs> and we don't like him, and nobody yep. does. Yep. <laughs> All right, who's your Yankee of the week? So I have a few. Well, you gotta um, pick one. I'm gonna go with a few for both, <laughs> and we're gonna we're gonna like it. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> This is going to be a very generous podcast uh, from me because I just like to tell everyone to shut up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I have to pick one, I'll go with uh, Luis Severino because, again, it was just fun to see him kind of come back, have that good start. Like, yeah, he gave up uh, a, a bad pitch to Verdugo, whatever shit happens. But overall, you know, he looked electric. He looked great. Three innings, obviously not a, not a lot of length, but pretty much in line with what to expect for like, you know, his first game back. It'll be interesting to see like what kind of pitch counts and pitch limits he's on just because he hasn't pitched like, you know, extensively in so long. But I'm just excited to see him, you know, back on the mound starting games every five days. And, you know, it's just a good first step for him. Yeah, it's fair. What about you? So I, I, are you are you not going to go through the rest of them? I was just—I'm going to turn it into honorable mentions because you told me to pick one, so Good. I'm going to do that now. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Well, I'm going to take one of yours because I mean, why wouldn't I make Giancarlo Stan a Yankee of the Week? So, yes. Yeah, we'll put Giancarlo Stan for just torching the Red Sox again, homered in six straight games against them, including that wild card playoff game, in which you, should, you know, again, you should have had three home runs, but we're not bitter. Um, no, not at all. Yeah, but yeah, he kept bitter? This, no. No, he kept that streak going for the first two games of the season, and he's looked great. So no problems with Giancarlo. Love you. And even on that Sunday night game, like he, he didn't hit a home run. He saw a good game, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And my honorable mention will go to uh, Rob Marinaccio just for, uh, you know, like we talked about earlier, just a very good st- start to his career. You know, making it up to the big leagues is obviously a big uh, big deal just in and of itself. But, you know, to come out uh, firing and throwing the way he has, it's been, you know, fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And sure. again, he's from Tom's River, which is where Todd Frazier is from. Famously. <laughs> Famously, yeah. Did you know he won the Little League World, World Series? Uh, did he uh, did he get a picture with Derek Jeter? He did get a picture with Derek Jeter. <laughs> Lucky him. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Okay. So my uh, Manfred of the week. Oh, yeah. Actually, I don't know why I'm going there. Who is your Manfred of the week? <laughs> my Manfred of the week is uh, going to be, uh, I don't know if I've done this before, but a repeat winner, which is the front, off- front office as a whole. But, but I'm going to go a little bit more tailored and specify Brian Cashman. Just shut up. Yep. I, I wasn't a fan of, uh, I, I don't know that it was obviously purely his decision to have a press conference saying we did not reach an extension with Aaron Judge, but he's still the general manager of the team. He's the face of that front office and he was the one that was speaking. And at the end of the day, he could have just not said the contract details, which I wasn't a fan of the, him doing anyway, regardless of the fact that he let the Aaron Judge's camp know. And then his comments the other day about we've done nothing but step up and blah, 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 and not making any offers. Brian Cashman, you win. Congratulations. You're Rob Manfred. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> it, that might be his dream to be Rob Manfred. It might be. Who knows? Not yeah. a dream that any normal person would have, but hey. It is a worthy pick. So, yes. And I go. do have honorable mentions again, but I, I will let you go first before I, I rattle them off. Kind of you. I am... Uh, I got to give it to Isaiah Connor Falefa. I mean... It's, it was just a terrible start. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I feel bad for him because I know he like wants to like 
prove that, hey, I know that the Yankees didn't get any of the five million shortstops, but I'm not the worst guy in the world. But it doesn't help when you start off this week with the bat and muff a whole bunch of plays in the field where you're supposed to be actually good. So yeah, get it, get it together, please. I don't have a ton of confidence in you, but I'd like to see you actually make it interesting and hopefully not make us all scream for Oswald Peraza like yesterday, which I guess yeah. is already happening, but well, that's just, that was bound to happen. Uh, yeah. yeah. My, my whole thing is like, all right, I'm not expecting anything with the bat, but at least do the thing you were brought here to do. Mm-hmm. And which we you know we did talk about, I do think he'll eventually come around and it'll be his defense at least will be fine. But yeah, it's just not a way you want to start to go, but Hey, maybe he'll prove us wrong and um, I know have a great season with the bat as well. Who, who knows? Maybe he'll turn into the next D.D. Gregorius. Maybe. Probably not. Maybe. But, yeah, I will my, say that I, I, I almost gave it to Higgy. I, may, I, may, I maybe should have given it to Higgy because he just hasn't done nothing at bat. But I guess there were never expectations for that unless you were the number one Higgy fan. So. Hey, your spring training didn't convince you? <laughs> no, somehow it did not. <laughs> well, to make you happy, uh, as part of my honorable mentions, I have basically the whole bottom third of the order, which includes Kyle Higashioka. So Hooray! congratulations. And I also just wanted to once again tell Garrett Cole to shut up, even though I love him, because Billy Crystal made, made him pitch bad. Which is so stupid. You did I'm this sorry. to me. You, you're a $324 million pitcher. Do not blame Billy Crystal and his four minutes for you having a bad inning. It's okay to have bad innings. It's okay. Shit happens. It's fine. Yeah, Garrett Cole is just like sitting at home watching like random cable then when harry met sally comes on he's just like fuming <laughs> garrett cole every time he throws a pitch is just in his mind like analyze this analyze <laughs> that <laughs> oh man he's gonna he's gonna bean him <laughs> his new favorite yankee of all time will be joe dimaggio just because one time joe dimaggio punched billy crystal in the stomach yes. <laughs> he's also gonna make uh higashioka just have a billy crystal face in the back of his mitt so now yeah. <laughs> every time he pitches it just goes to hit billy crystal Again, this would be so much better if, like, baseball players sort of had these, like, heel personalities, but alas. Nevertheless. The only heel personalities we get are the ones who are just actual assholes. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah. Well, I think that'll about do it from us, unless you have anything else. No, that's it. Uh, Go Yankees, go baseball, I guess, and hopefully, like I said, we have a better podcast for next week. Yeah, that's what we're exciting podcast rather. All right. Well, you can follow us on Twitter at Pinstrip Alley. Follow me on Twitter at Merns PSA. I think we're going to skip the Kunj Twitter bit this year. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I got tired of figuring out where to find me. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So, as we said last week, just permanently find me at I'm not an HR hitter. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Okay. So, let's go, Yankees. Take care of business against the Blue Jays and don't mess around against the Orioles. That would be nice. Hot Woo. take, I know. Have a good night, everyone.